Welcome back to another episode of Slaughter University. Y'all better get yourselves in this classroom right now and ain't playing with y'all. Y'all been doing all that scrolling, all that playing. It's time to get this word, all right? Not gonna be here long tonight at all. So that's why this word is very important right now. So I'm gonna slow down and I want you guys to walk with me as I walk with Christ. So the reason why this class is so important is because I had a conversation with the Lord. That's L-O-R-D-T. <laughs> I had a conversation with the Lord and I had to realize what is my purpose for people who are coming to Christ. And I think the biggest thing that God puts on my heart in this season right now is helping people build a relationship with the Lord. And what I mean by helping people build a relationship, I am clearly trying to get you to understand that there is no requirements or or regiments or sacrifices that you have to do to get God to want you. God wants you, right? Now, once you become a believer, that's when we're going to send you through basic training, right? But right now, I want you to understand that God is trying to call his children home. Just like he give a lot of people a purpose. My purpose is just for you guys. Well, not really you guys, but God is using me as a vessel, as a tool to draw people that like the sound of my voice and to kind of help you guys just build a relationship. Anyway, so last pod, um, we talked about, uh, Jesus Christ, what did we talk about? Don't remember, but it's on YouTube <laughs> for those who, uh, hasn't seen it yet. So building off relationships, learning relationships and learning how to have a relationship with God. This pod, we are going to talk about your role and ultimately God's glory. See, don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere because a lot of y'all like to leave what I'm finna get into you. But we are talking about God's glory. What is God's glory? Why is God's glory important? And why is God's glory only for him? See, I'm going to give it to you raw, right? Like a vegetable not in the frying pan. I'm going to give it to you raw, right? A lot of you have a hard time building a relationship with God because you don't want nobody to share the credit. You don't want nobody to share the credit with you, not even your Lord and Savior. I don't want to hear all that. Yes, every last one of you sit up here and talk about, oh, glory to God, but you enjoy the satisfaction of feeling like it was you that did it the whole time. And don't get me wrong, I understand it. Everybody done been through something in their life and you came out of it. And because you came out of something you never thought that you would come out of, you feel like the glory belongs to you. What do you mean you're going to take this purple heart off my chest? I survived that breakup. Give me my glory. I'm the one that got that job. Give me my glory. I'm the one that saved $10,000. Give me my glory. 
Brother, you're wrong. The glory is not yours. The glory belongs to God. We can't handle glory. And see, this is how I know God is love. Uh, because in 1 Corinthians, when we talked about that last week, oh, now I want to remember what we talked about. I'm sorry. So when we talk about 1 Corinthians, we talked about love. Um, it says love is not boastful, right? Love is not boastful. And as much as we're only breathing because God is allowing me to breathe, yet I feel like air is flowing through my body because of the trees and the oxygen and the H2O, not understanding that the breath that I have in my body is only because God decided that my day will continue tomorrow. Right? And yet, even though I don't wake up every day and say, Lord, thank you. And this way y'all, this way y'all get me. Please, please understand. I get it. Not every morning you waking up saying, Lord, thank you for the breath of my body. Because some of you get up and start scrolling first thing in the morning. Some of you roll over and kiss that. Okay. Before you sit up here and say, Lord, thank you for the breath of my body. But even though you don't say thank you for the breath of my body, even though God gets all the glory for the breath in your body, he does not boast in it. It's a lot of things you can be thankful for right now that you are only where you're at because of God. But yet, even though you did not give God the glory for it, he didn't beat you over the head about it. But now I want to change that perspective today. And now I want you guys to see why God is the only person that deserves the glory in everything. The reason why you breathe and why you're still alive. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what happened to you. We all got a story. We all could get a pen and a piece of paper. And we all could be a number one selling uh, Arthur on Trauma Street. You know what I mean? We all can do that. But let me tell you something. You are not where you are. You are not who you are on your own. I saw this video where this guy made a very great point. He said, the reason why we can't get cocky and do things in our own strength, because imagine having a 10-year-old son and he's sitting there trying to lift 200 pounds on a bench press. And I got my hands on it. And every time he goes up, I'm pulling the weight up every single time. Now, if he get cocky and to think that he can do this on his own, now you're dead. Because a 10-year-old just tried to lift 200 pounds on a bench press, and now he caught up under a rack. It's the same thing for us. That gave me so much understanding. It's the same thing for us. And I know y'all going to be like, Chris, well, when it comes to God's glory, you always give me scripture. I got something different for y'all today. It's going to be scripture. It's going to be scripture. But this is the scripture. This is the chapter. And I'm going, you know, usually I give y'all a verse, you know, a hot 16. But the Lord put it on my heart to give you a whole chapter. And I told y'all how I read the Bible. For people that are just not getting the Bible, this is me. You can read the Bible front to back. You can read the Bible back to front. You can read the Bible under your bed, on top of your bed, wherever you want to. How I start, when I read the Bible, I start in the book of Job. The reason why I start in the book of Job, personally, and why I tell people to start in the book of Job, is because I believe Job's uh, chapter is a full expression of 
being in a abundant blessing of God, how God just views a righteous person and then you just go through tragedy. And at the end of the chapter, it just opens up your mind to no matter how righteous you are, no matter how good you are, no matter what you think, you don't know more than God, not even close. I want people to read Job for us because I already want to break your back, right? I already want to snap your neck when it comes to this Christ-like life. And I tell you that, well, oh, I feel your Holy Spirit. Welcome, welcome back. Uh, I, I, I feel why Job is such a good book is because a lot of people are preaching a prosperity gospel. Oh, come over here to Christ and all your bills going to be paid on time every day. Can I get a Christian to raise their hand right now and say that Jesus paid all your bills on time right now? Absolutely not. I remember Jesus was with me a whole bunch of times and I got evicted. I had to go back and stay with my parents. I remember God allowed the repo man to come get my car. You know what I'm saying? I remember all them times. So what I want you all to understand is why I say go to the book of Job, not to crush your spirit, not to make you feel like what's the point of life if all this can go upside down. I want you to come into this relationship with Christ understanding that you know nothing you 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 know nothing no matter what you think no matter how you feel no matter what somebody tell you no matter what your friends say that's what I got from the book of Job no matter what no matter what somebody tells you you never understand the conversation that God is having on your behalf in the heavenly of heavenlies and even when you think you're the most righteous thing, adversity can happen to you. And not only that, God can restore to you more than anything you ever lost. And not only that, he built you a lot tougher than what you, what you think you're, you built like. For example, just think about if a car had a brain. See, a lot of y'all don't understand, like, cars. Like, if a car had a brain and he was fresh off the manufacturing belt and they said, hey, you're not going to the lot. We're going to drive you into a wall to show everybody else that our cars are sturdy. And you're like, well, you're going to drive me into the wall. What are you talking about? But yet the manufacturer understands that they built this car is so tough that even if it hit a wall at 60 miles an hour, it might bend, but it won't break. I just said something. I just said something. I don't think I really heard what I just said. Because when you come out, when, when Honda takes the cars off the belt, when Volvo takes the cars off the belt, they, they, they test drive them before they let anybody else ride along in it. You know what I mean? And when they send that car smack dead into the wall, that car be like, whoa, 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 I just came into this thing. Whoa, 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 boom. But it been, but they knew the car wouldn't break. A lot of you may say that it's cruel, but the things you went through, you bent, but you didn't break. And even in your bending, even when you felt like you was gonna snap, even though you think you know why you went through what you went through, you don't understand nothing. And you have no right to question God on anything. So, Chris, what does that have to do with God's glory? Well, the reason why I feel like a lot of you don't give God the glory because I don't think you really grasp how big God is. And, and for those of you who do grasp 
how big God is, that's how I know you don't understand how big God is because you can't grasp how big God is. You can't. You can't understand how good, how big God is. You just can't. And if you think you can, that's how you know you can't. That's how I know you don't know what you're talking about. God is so big, he can't even fit inside the world that he created. He had to come in the form of man to accomplish his purpose. Right? So, aside from all that, you don't understand how big God is, and that's why you don't give God the glory because for some reason you think that my hands are moving because I'm just that capable. My hands, my fingers, my lips, my, my voice, my ears, my eyes, I can see because God is allowing me to. And that's what I want y'all to understand. Every single thing you do, every breath you take, the protection that's around you is because God is allowing you. Even when you go in Job, you understand that the devil went to Satan. I mean, the, the devil went to Satan. Uh, the Satan went to uh, God and said, but you put a hedge of protection around him. See, you got protection around you and you don't even know it. And the reason why I say start in Job, because once you get a grasp of that, I always feel like you should go to the gospel. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is the, uh, it was Jesus' story told from four different viewpoints, right? Um, and then once you get out of the, the God story, you want the gospel, you want to know why you saved. You want to know the purpose of why Jesus came. And then you want to go into the rest of the New Testament and you can read the New Testament straight on through because it talks about what God's purpose is for the church and what the, the, the what is your purpose as a Christian, what it means to be a believer in Christ. And I think that is essential to your walk. It shows you how to walk this thing out in the new times as we are in the end times. But I all I love the Old Testament. I am a history. Look, out of all the subjects in school, social studies was always my favorite subject. When I got my GED, I passed the social studies part of the GED test with a perfect score, and I did not study for it. That was a gift from God. So I, I always go back to the Old Testament because you want to know why Jesus had to come. My stepfather told me one time, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. When I read it like that, it just blew my mind because once I read the New Testament and understood Jesus and what he did and why he did it, when you go back to the Old Testament and read it, all you see is Jesus through the Old Testament and it's like, God, this was his plan from the beginning, right? That's how you know God is looking at our life in, in one glance. This is how you know he, he really does know the end from the beginning. So all that to say, how this about God's glory, I just gave you that little nugget. But the reason why I, I went to Job is because I read a chapter in Job and it just really, really had me like, wow. And that's what I'm going to say to y'all. So your girl, Sanjanique, a.k.a. Nick Nick, has partnered up with Slaughter University to bless us with some custom merch. If you want some Slaughter University merch or just want some custom merch in general, hit her up and her business be unique. Promo code in the description. So uh, if you want to follow along, feel free because I'm reading the whole chapter. So it don't matter if you leave and come back. I'm still reading the whole chapter and I'm going to read it straight through. 
It's Job chapter 41, and I'm reading from the AMP version. Listen, as I always say, you Bible bullies, you Bible thumpers, I get it. If it ain't King James, it ain't nothing. Listen, I have the King James Bible. I have the CSB Bible that Tony Evans did. I have a lot of Bibles. I have more Bibles than a man should probably have, right? But you can never have too many Bibles. But it's always good to read things for understanding, right? And the AMP version does a great job at that. So I'm going to read Job chapter 41 from the AMP version. If you want to read along, feel free. If not, don't matter. I'm going to read it to you anyway. So in this chapter in Job 41, uh, God finally showed up. You know, well, he showed up last chapter, but uh, chapter four last, I think. He showed up and God was showing his power in the creatures that he created, right? And while I'm reading, I'm going to mention... Uh, the beast Leviathan. Now, a lot of a lot of theologians believe Le Leviathan was a crocodile or some major beast like that. Um, some people believe Leviathan is a big sea monster that lives in the bottom of the ocean. That's why nobody can get to the bottom. I kind of like that theory because the reason why I like that theory about Leviathan is only because when God created the heavens and the earth, I feel like because he knew everything that was going to happen, everything is already here. That's why I feel like you can heal yourself. That's why I feel like you don't need medications. That's why I feel like the world we live in is a big lie. You know what I'm saying? But that's a story for another part. I just think that uh, in the end times, when I think I think I read something one time where in the end times, you know, was it monsters? Was going on? I don't know. Maybe that wasn't true. But if Leviathan was real and, 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 and he was going to release him, I believe that he's already here, right? So, I'm going to read Job chapter 41. And by all means, like I said, whatever God reveals to you, he reveals to you. But what I'm saying is, the world we live in is a complete lie. Satan is manipulating our governments. He's releasing all these. It's all Satan's agenda, but God has already won. So, he's letting Satan do what he do because at the end of the day, Satan ain't talking about nothing. Um, 41 and I'm a little theatrical because I love the word of God so just follow with me it says can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press down his tongue with the cord can you put a rope made of rushes into his nose or pierce his jaw through with a hook will he make many supplications to you begging to be spared or will he speak soft words to you to coax you, to treat him kindly? Will he make a covenant or an arrangement with you? Will you take him for your servant forever? Will you play with him as a bird? Or will you bind him and put him on a leash for your maidens? Will traders bargain over him? Will they divide him up among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on him. Remember the battle with him. You will not do such an ill-advised thing again. Behold, his assailant's hope and expectation of defeating Leviathan is false. Will not one be overwhelmed even at the sight of him? No one is so fierce and foolhardy that he dares to stir up Leviathan, who then is he who can stand before me or dares to contend with me, the beast creator. I will not keep silence concerning his limbs, nor his mighty strength, nor his orderly frame. 
Who can penetrate or strip off his outer armor? Who can come to his jaws with a double bridle? Who can open the doors, his jaws, of his face around his open jaws and teeth? There is terror. His strong scales are his pride, bound together as with a tight seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another. They stick together and cannot be separated. He sneezes, flash forth light, and his eyes are like the reddish eyelids of the dawn. Out of his mouth go burning torches and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils smoke goes forth as from a boiling pot and as from burning rushes. His breath kindles coals and a flame goes forth from his mouth. In Leviathan's neck resides strength and dismay and terror dance before him. His heart is as hard as a stone, indeed as solid as a lower mild stone. When he raises himself up, the mighty are afraid because of the crashing they are bewildered. The sword that reaches him cannot avail, nor does the spear, the dart, or the javelin. He considers iron as straw, bronze as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are treated as stubble by him. Clubs are regarded as stubble. He laughs at the rushing and the rattling of the javelin. His underparts are like sharp pieces of broken pottery. He moves across and spreads out grooves like a threshing sledge on the mere muddy river banks. He makes the deep water boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a foaming pot of ointment. Behind him, he makes a shining wake. One would think the deep to be gray-haired with foam. Upon earth, there is nothing like him. No equal exists, a creature made without fear. He looks on everything that is high without terror. He is a monarch over all the sons of pride. And now, Job, who are you who does not dare to disturb the beast, yet who dares resist me, the beast creator? Everything under heaven is mine. Therefore, who can have a claim against God? I don't know what Leviathan is, but this is a perfect example of why I don't mess with the ocean. No pun intended. I understand everything that's going on right now. Lord, I hope those people be found. But I'm just saying, this is why I don't mess with the ocean. When I go to the beach, as soon as my toes get wet, I step back. I'm not jumping out there. I'm not swimming. And the Bible even says that he makes the deep water boil like a pot. Oh, they died. Exactly. Don't mess with the ocean. Anywho, if God, God is putting this creature on a pedestal, God is putting this creature on a pedestal, and He even said that He uh. Let me go back to the scripture. Where He said, because I'm gonna give God's word every day. Da, da, da. Where did it go? Well, God was talking about the prideful. 
right? They was talking about the prideful. I'm sorry, y'all. When I get the word of God, I, I hear the word of God, I just start getting chills over my body. Do y'all get chills over y'all body when y'all, um... Oh, here God was looking dead at it, and I highlighted it. He looks on everything that is high without terror. He is a monarch over all the sons of pride. This is God talking about a creature that he made. A creature that has no fear of nobody but him. God says, Job, that you wouldn't dare disturb this beast. But you dare question me? Come on now. Come on. So, Chris, what does this have to do with God's glory? If you're telling me that it's a beast out here in this world, some of y'all don't want to fight the person next door. But you're telling me it's a beast out here in this world. And he fears nobody on this earth but God. But yet, I wouldn't mess with that beast, but I question God. That, that don't make no sense. See, you're afraid of Leviathan. You'll be afraid of a beast like Leviathan, whether he be like people think he's a crocodile, or just a huge monster, or whatever he is. People will fear what they see. When the fear and the reverence should reside with what they don't see. Because the chances is you might not never run into Leviathan. But see, what you don't see is always going on in the heavenlies. See, everything that happened to Job came from the heavenlies and heavenlies. It just wasn't a cold day one day and everybody died. You lost everything. People came and attacked you. Sometimes God allows people to get through those hedges. Because you may bend, but you won't break. And this is why in your relationship with the Lord, understand the security that comes with understanding who you are worshiping. Understand the security that comes. Worship is, listen, I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but God doesn't need your worship. God doesn't need your worship. Because if my Bible is correct, if the word of God is correct, it's angels constantly floating around the throne room all day saying, holy, holy, holy. If I'm not mistaken, he said, the rocks will cry out. Right? So he don't need your worship, but he understands you need worship. Because when you sit up here and you going through all these trials and tribulations, forget who you are. Worship helps you. Not Google. Not TikTok. Not Slaughter University. Nobody. You face trials and tribulations every day. No matter what they, what they are, you're facing them. But yet you refuse to worship. And I was one of those people. Listen, I don't get on this darn tic-tac and YouTube and talk about you. I'm talking about myself. I'm telling you things so you don't have to be it. A lot of y'all heard my testimony last month when I started my job. I can't begin to explain how worship 
has molded my life. And that's why the enemy is trying to steal your worship. You know, I asked God to reveal to me, Lord, what is my problem? And he revealed to me that it's pride. That's one of the three, the pride of life. Because when you go out into this world and you go through troubles and you survive, the devil wants you to pat you on your back. Good job, man. You did that all by yourself. You made it through college all by yourself. You made it through pregnancy all by yourself. The devil is a liar. Now, understand something. You ain't got to be one of those people if you got a, a podcast or you do something good and God gave you the gift to do it and somebody said, oh man, I really like your work. You ain't got to be, oh, well, you know God. And yet, a simple thank you is fine enough because God understands your heart. Thank you so much. I appreciate that you like my work. I appreciate that you, you, you like what I do. Thank you. That means a lot. Because you could have said no. You could have did something else, right? So, how I like to break down glory is that understand something. Whether you want to believe it or not, we have free will. But understand something. It is a war going on. And I'm not talking about the Ukraine and Russia. America and whoever else. It's a spiritual war. And let me tell you something. It's not demons versus God. It's demons versus us. 